Hallelujah. Amen. I want to take just a moment and give this great pastor and his wife honor today. Amen. Brother Cook has always been a hero to me. And uh, when I was just a boy, Brother Cook's always been a hunter. And uh, I, I didn't really do a lot of that growing up. I, it was later in life before I started. But uh, he was working, and uh, I was probably about 11 or 12 years old, and uh, maybe younger than that. And he was working, and he went, and he, he, he went somewhere, and he bought a whole bunch of camo gear for me. And uh, he brought it home to me when I was just a boy. And he said, come on. He said, I'm going to take you squirrel hunting. And uh, took me out on the old Allison property out there, the Kirk property. And, and uh, he may have already forgotten about that. But I remember thinking that day of how blessed I was that he would take the time to spend time with me. Amen. He and his family are a great blessing. We're in just a few months. We're going to be celebrating our 10-year anniversary there at Bethel as pastor and uh, normally they, they, they at our anniversary services they'll just bring somebody in and surprise me and and I requested that brother and sister Cook would come and preach for us on that Sunday and uh, the only other person I could think that I would like to be there is my father but, but he's in a much better place now but uh, thank you brother Pastor Cook for all that you do for the family taking care of my mama. Amen. I, I just love what I feel in this place. I give honor to my, my wife today. Amen. I'm nothing without her. In fact, the clothes that I got on right now, she picked out for me. Amen. Sometimes I'll come into church and I say, Pastor, you look so good. And I say, well, my wife, she, you know, I, I don't have much to work with, but she makes me look good. And so I, I'm thankful for that. Amen. I give honor to my, my family. My mother-in-law is here with us today. A very godly woman. Amen. I'm thankful for her in our life. And then to my mother. Amen. I'm so glad that I get to spend some time with you today. I know she's worried to death right now. But God has everything in control. Amen. And God's going to perform a miracle. Amen. To this church, I give you honor today. Amen. Such a beautiful, beautiful sanctuary. Beautiful worship. God is doing wonderful things at Praise Temple. Amen. Aren't you glad that God is in this place? Can we clap our hands to him and praise him one more time? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, I would, I'd like for you to turn with me to the book of Exodus chapter 20, beginning at verse 24. When I was just a young man, I went to a camp meeting. And in that camp meeting, my sister was there singing with my brother. They had a trio. I didn't sing much at that time. And I, I remember sitting near the back of the church trying to be cool, you know, young teenager trying to impress somebody, you know. And as my brother and sister started singing the Holy Ghost, it was like the window of God just opened up. And the Holy Ghost flooded that place. And I remember saying, it was my brother Kevin was singing. I remember saying, God, I would love to have an anointing like that to where I could just sing and the glory of God would fall. 
Well, now that I'm much older, it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't come that easy. God don't give you somebody else's anointing. If you have an anointing, it's because you dug in and God gives it to you. Amen. But I will say I'm heavily impacted by my eldest brother and his ministry and what he has done for me. And although he's very sick right now, many years ago I heard him preach a message that touched me. I don't remember most of the content, but I remember the title of the message and the scripture. And in his honor, I'm going to preach that today. He may have preached it here before. But I want you to just allow me to preach maybe a different perspective. Again, I'm not going to preach his message. God, give this to me. But I'm going to borrow the title and the scripture. Exodus chapter 20, beginning at verse 24. An altar of earth shalt thou make unto me, and shalt sacrifice thereon thy burnt offerings and thy peace offerings. Thy sheep and thine oxen in all places where I record my name, I will come unto thee and I will bless thee. And if thou wilt make me an altar of stone, thou shalt not build it of hewn stone for it. For if I lift up thy tool upon it, thou hast polluted it. Neither shalt thou go up by the steps unto mine altar that thy nakedness be not discovered thereon. So here today we have instruction from God of how to construct an altar. And I'm going to preach to you just a little while about this. The handicapped compatible church. The handicapped compatible church. Can you put your Bibles down? and Let's lift our hands to the Lord. God, I thank you for the anointing that I feel. I know that I'm in your will right now, God. And I pray, Lord, that you would allow this vessel to spill over. God, that you would allow something that would flow from me, God. That you could use me as a conduit, God. That you could touch someone else in this place. And they forever can be changed. And I give you praise in the mighty name of Jesus. Can we clap our hands to the Lord and praise him? Amen, amen, amen. You can be seated today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In our text today, God is instructing on how to build an altar. Amen. We are told here in this scripture that it is to be made of earth. A place where sacrifices, uh, big or small, must be. When, when done correctly, we're told here that it causes God himself to come down and be there in the presence. When you construct the altar correctly, God says, when you do it right, I'll be in the midst of the altar. I will tell you that when we approach the throne of God, we must approach it carefully. But I can talk to God from anywhere. You can talk to God anywhere. I've talked to God in my office. I've talked to him in my truck. I've talked to him in my deer stand. I've talked to him on the job. God is omnipresent. So he is everywhere. There's no place that you can go where he is not. God is 
everywhere. But the Bible says that, that his name is not just recorded anywhere. He doesn't just appear anywhere and blesses anyone. But he will only come where we have truly prepared a place for God. God never goes where he is not invited. That's why he wasn't born in a palace or some behind some big kingdom gated wall. But he was born in a lowly manger because that's the place that was made available. Now the instructions given is that you can build an altar with stone, but it must not be hewn stone. In other words, the altar was supposed to be made of unconstructed stone. Amen. We are living in a time when we think that we can construct a move of God. With our talents and our skills, we sometimes think that we can create a move of God. And so many times, amen, we like the pagan prophets of old. We bring in our hammers and our chisels into the house of God. And we think if I sing the correct song, if I preach a certain message, if I, if I just do a certain thing, I can create a move of God. But I'm here to tell you, we are not constructing a move of God. We are building a true altar. And when we build the altar... According to the plans of God, the, the Lord of all things will step in and he will have his way. Oh, hallelujah. It would do you good if you just come to the understanding that God is the writer of the book. Your life is not by your control. Your, listen, we make decisions daily. I understand that. But God has a plan for you. He is the author and the finisher. He is the composer of the music. It's my desire to build an altar according to God's plan. Not what I think. Not how I feel. Not even what makes sense to me. Can I tell you as a pastor, there's some things I wish I didn't have to preach. Amen. There's some things I wish I wish maybe he'd have left out of the word. It's a little hard sometimes. But you know what? It's not up to me. It's not up to my opinion. But God is the, is the constructor of all things. And, and he put things in order. Amen. And when God puts it in order, that's just the way it's got to be. You may not like that the sun comes up in the east. But let me tell you, there'll never be a day when it'll rise in the west. Because God's word is true. And when God set it in, when he sets it in place, there is no other option. We must build an altar according to what God has desired it to be. We must have a handicapped compatible altar. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 13. Wherefore gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope in the, to the end for the grace that, um, that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust of your ignorance, but as he hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation because it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. How many knows that we are instructed to be a holy people? Hebrews chapter 12 says, Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. So hear what I'm trying to tell you. In the book of Hebrews, we're told to follow holiness because without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. So I'm going to tell you, I believe in holiness. I believe that when you come in contact with Jesus, it changes you. 
When you truly come in contact with him, it'll change the way you think and perceive things. When you walk into the presence of God and that water has washed you and made you clean, that blood has cleansed you, let me tell you, you walk different and talk different. You don't go to the same places you used to go. You don't dress the way you used to dress. When you come in contact with God, we are called to be a holy people. We are called to be holy. You don't have to spend your whole lifetime being an alcoholic or a drug addict. For a number of years, I had a contract at a, at a behavioral hospital. And there late one night, me and dad was working on some, uh, a room there. And we had to go late at night. And there was, there was an Alcoholics Anonymous class going on. There was a gentleman that come out to take some kind of smoke break while we was out there. And I just got to talking to him. And he said he'd been going to that thing for 30 years. 30 years. And he said, it's been 20 since I've drank any alcohol. But he walked right back into that class and he stood and he called his name and he said, I'm an alcoholic. And that's the best hope that the world can give you. But let me tell you, when you come in contact with Jesus Christ, you no longer have to be an alcoholic. Oh, hear me. You don't have to be an alcoholic. You don't have to be bound by your father's sin. You can be set free. That's the glorious power of the cross. I don't have to be bound in sin any longer. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. Don't buy into the lie that I was born this way. God can change you. God can change your mind. He can change your heart. The Holy Ghost can change your nature. Man, I wish I had a quarter for every time somebody said, well, that's just the way I am, Pastor. It's the way you was. Behold all things. Oh, my. So go ahead and follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. But if you read the two verses prior to that, this is what you'll read. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet lest that which is lame be turned out of the way let there, uh, uh, but let it rather be healed when you walk into this church don't mistake what you see this is not a group of perfect perfect people amen we too have been wounded and we too have been hurt we, we've been even wounded in the church there. we too have been crippled and we've been abandoned and abused amen we've been cast aside and neglected but when we made our way into the house house of God. I want you to know today we didn't have to find an impossible route to the altar because when God constructed the altar it was open for all. Acts chapter 1 I'm going to read very quickly. Amen. And being assembled together to them that commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? Amen. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. 
but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth and when he had spoken these things while they beheld he was taken up in a cloud and received him out of their sight And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why are you standing here looking around? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall come in like manner as you've seen him go into heaven. Then return they into Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. Now, I want you to bear with me just a moment. Let me talk to you about the Sabbath day's journey. Amen. Oh, my. Follow me just a moment. I... Christ suffered and died on the cross. His body is taken down, placed in a borrowed grave. He is no longer, he's not, he, he's not around his disciples like he was. By Acts 1, he shows himself alive by many infallible proofs. Jesus has been 40 days with the disciples speaking things that pertain to the kingdom of God. And now just moments away, Jesus is getting ready to ascend. And they've already talked to him about this moment. Amen. He told John, I'm going away. He got, he, listen, he spent some time telling them, there's coming a day when I'm going to leave here. But I won't leave you comfortless. When you look at the story, how they must have felt. Amen. Uh, apostle uh, uh, Simon Peter, the, the chief apostle, must have felt guilty after denying the Lord. Those men ran and hide while their Savior was being beaten and abused and murdered. And they suffered that. But all of a sudden now he shows up and he shows himself to them to be alive. Amen. But now he's not abiding with them. He's just coming and going. Now remember these men were chosen. They left their jobs. They left everything behind to follow Jesus. They denied their father, their mother. They took up their cross and they followed him. So their lives were coming unraveled. All of their hopes and struggles, all of their hard decisions now seemed for naught. Amen. The lives were changed at Calvary. They went from walking and eating and living with Jesus to just a visit here and there. And I'm sure they're trying to adjust. But none of these changes, changes could compare to what takes place at Mount Olivet, that's the place where he left them. They followed him up every mountain. They walked with him in every valley. They trusted him in every storm. Amen. He fed them when they were hungry. When he slept, they slept. When he ate, they ate. When he, when he was hungry, they were hungry. But in this moment, Jesus now is going somewhere they cannot go. I want you to just hang on just a few moments. They all had left a promise. Amen. He left them a promise. Jesus said uh, he would not leave them comfortless, but he would come to them. Amen. How they must have felt abandoned and lonely and perplexed. Where would they go now that Jesus has ascended, would they go to Gethsemane? They had always been there and went with him. But now he's gone three and a half years. He's been there three and a half years. He never left them alone. But God had a purpose in their feeling of alone. But the angel said, the place.
place where God is not and the place where he dwells in you is just a Sabbath day's journey. The Sabbath day journey, a day of rest, the fourth commandment, remember the Sabbath. It is a reminder in the wilderness that they went from being a slave and working nonstop to now being delivered. They could take a day of rest and reflect on the goodness of God. The Sabbath was for worshiping God, for a celebration of God. One of the rules of the Sabbath was that you were not supposed to exert yourself by walking. But an exception was made to everyone so they could go to the temple and worship. Now some would say that half a mile would be a Sabbath day's journey. Some said 3,000 cubits. Some say three quarters of a mile. According to the Jewish rabbis, when the Israelites would set up camp in the wilderness, all tents were set with their doors facing the tabernacle. And, 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 and the furthest tent from the outer limits of the camp was considered a Sabbath day's journey. Why? Because God wanted them to understand it did not matter how far you camped from the tabernacle. You're never too far from, oh, hear me today. You're never too far from the mercy and the grace of God. You're never, listen to me, you might have camped a long way from the promises of God. You might have wandered so far today that you don't know you can make your way back. But I've come to tell you, I mean, you're never too far from the mercy and the grace of God. The altar is always accessible. The church isn't just for the wealthy. It's not just for those who had a perfect childhood. It's for those who've struggled, those who were brought up in dysfunctional homes, those who've lost, got a lot of baggage, and those who, who messed up so much, and, and, and some that, that stumbled last week. Maybe you messed up yesterday. Let, let me tell you today. Amen. Church is not just for the elect. The church and the altar is for whosoever will. God is so good. God is so good. Back in back in the sixties and seventies, the end of the close of the, the Vietnam War, there was a meeting that took place, and they were going to erect a monument to give honor to those that either fought in that war or never returned. Early on in the beginning of those meetings to, to kind of come up with an idea for this monument, at first they had this wall. And I don't know if you've ever seen that wall. Amen. I, 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 there's a traveling wall they carry around. That I've seen that. Amen. And, and, and it's very moving when you start reading the names on that wall. But, but when they first began to put the idea of constructing this together, the first plan 
it set way up on a hillside and there was these beautiful steps that led to this, this monument and, and they had a good idea of how they wanted that monument. They wanted it to look so good sitting on the hill and, and beautiful steps going around and finally somebody stood up and said we cannot construct a monument that way. And they said why not? And they said because the men and the women that are going to come to the monument are those that were wounded in war and they're in wheelchairs and they, they can't walk correctly and they, they can't get around. We've got to make it easy and accessible. And so they decided to build that wall on level ground to where anybody who wanted to come view that place they had access to that monument. What I'm trying to tell you is there's an altar today and it's not sitting way up on a hill somewhere and there's not some great steps you got to make your way to the altar amen but God has made it accessible. Amen. It's easy for you to get to. It does not matter what kind of life you've been living it does not matter what kind of mistakes you made. It does not matter what you stumbled through when you when you should have zagged. Hear me Today, the altar is accessible. It is for everyone. It's for every soul, for every person that walked through the door today. Amen. God has made the altar handicapped compatible. God, we 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 got this idea. We got this idea that sometimes that we got to get all our ducks in a row to serve God. We, we some, I, I've talked to people and said, Pastor, listen, there's some things I got to get right before I make my way down to the altar. That's false. You can't get it together. We can't get it together. We don't have the ability to get it together. But the blood of Christ is what makes us and what gives us the ability to get our past put back together. Amen. It's the cross of Calvary. It's the blood that he shed. It's that easy walkway down, down to the altar where we can gather there. I had a young man come to church one time. We're all just having church, man. Glory, God's moving. And I walk back and I'm trying to encourage him to pray. And he looks around with tears flowing. And he says, I could never be like all these people. He said, these people, are they're good people. These people, they're blessed of God. They got the Holy Ghost. I, I could never be like them. And he didn't understand. The church is full of imperfect people that's made mistake after mistake after mistake. But it's the glory and the mercies of God that allows us to come in here. Amen. Let me tell you, you do not have to earn your spot in the altar. You don't have to be a great singer to dance in the altar. Oh, you hear me? You can just come in and magnify the Lord. As pastor, I have, I have some rules about walking up there. Not just anybody walks on the platform at Bethel. And I got a feeling that's a, probably the way it is here. Hear me. Amen. There's some things, there's some requirements. If you're going to be in leadership at Bethel, you've got to meet those requirements. You've got to be able to submit. But the good news is there's no requirements for the altar. 
And once you find yourself in the altar, God will fix all those broken things. And then along you can find yourself on the platform. And then along you can find yourself teaching Sunday school. And oh, hear me today. Amen. You might have been an alcoholic. You might have run off and left your wife and, and destroyed your family. But you watch what God does when you find the easy, accessible altar. Amen. This is not a handicap. Oh, hear me today. Anybody can come to the altar. just felt the presence of God as we began to worship today. Man, I thought we were going to have a shout down for a moment. And I love those kind of services. But God did something here. And your pastor did something that was powerful. Got those two people up here. And he said, told them, you put your weight on that brother, on those brothers. And I watched them as they drove that man. I thought, oh my, I think I might be right in the will of God today. Can I tell you, amen, maybe you are wounded in such a way that you can't find your way to the altar. That's what the church is for. It is our job to help you make your way down to an altar. It's our job to make you feel like you have hope. Hear me today. If you don't encourage somebody, you are not doing the will of God. We don't have church just so we can get our glory goosebumps. I've heard people, I just get so aggravated. I've heard people say, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go have my church. I'm going to go get my church on. I'm going to go get my blessing. Listen, I'm not here just to get my blessing today. I'm here because possibly God could use me as a vessel and possibly somebody makes their way into the house of God that they've been wounded and discarded and they feel like they've made wrong decisions and their homes are a mess and possibly, possibly they'll need help down to the altar. God help me to go down and rescue somebody and carry them back to the altar. Help me, those who are wise, restore, restore, restore. Since I've been at Bethel, we've lost some people. As pastor, I've mishandled some situations. I have. I'm, I'm not afraid to say it. Amen. There's been people that's been hurt. Truly hurt. There's also people that walked out because their flesh desired the world more than they desired God. And in most cases, people that backslide, it does not matter what their excuse is. In fact, the truth is that if you want to live for God, you can live for God. Just make your mind up and live for God. The same way you make your mind up to live for the world. But I've instructed my family. There are people that's walked out the door and they've told horrible things about me and my family. There's people that used to come to this church. They've said horrible things about you. But here's the truth. Should they ever darken the doors of this church? We as apostolic blood-bought believers have got to come to an understanding. It does not matter what they said about me. 
It does not matter what they said about my family. They're wounded and they're hurt and wounded people say things that are not correct. So what do we do? We gather them. We get a hold of them. And we say, you know what? We're going to make our way down to the altar. Amen. Maybe maybe you need some help today. I'm going to make sure you can find the presence of God. Amen. I, I, I want to make sure. Amen. Samson messed up. He lost everything. But there was a young boy. He said, let me take you to the pillars. Can I tell you today, you might have made some mistakes. Uh, and it seems like you lost all hope. Let me take you to the altar. Let me take you to the place uh, where you can find a greater victory today than you've ever experienced before. Because the altar is handicapped compatible. This Church is handicapped compatible. Stand with me. We have come to a place in Pentecost where people are Elevated to a place where, you know, that we think they're just the bomb in modern day vernacular, I guess. We want to be behind the pulpit. We want to have positions. We want to have a solo. We want the microphones to be turned up when we're singing I don't know how it is here. That's the way it is in my church. I would gather you all the people just like the people that I pastor are people. I made some statements last night. Some of you are here. You're going to hear it again. But it flows so easily together. We are products of the homes that we grew up in. I deal with people in my church that they desire a spotlight. Not, not because they think they're greater than anybody else. They desire position. But in prayer and in counsel, God gave me some understanding that there's some people there. They contend for that because in their home they never got it. Y'all follow me? They never had somebody to pat him on the back and say you're doing a great job and so they're products of that and so now they find themselves they're seeking some justification they're, they're seeking somebody to, to pat them on the back a little bit some people are that way because of the homes that they grew up in some people are products of mistakes that they've made I don't know how I don't know how God chose to use me Brother Cook was talking to some guys the other day and said you know Brother Lee was a good kid and I struggled with a lot of things I struggled I struggled at school you know I was the kid the teacher said you know you're not going to amount to much behind in grades 
so I suffer sometimes when I walk out to a congregation that is well educated far above me I suffer sometimes because I feel like I'm inadequate because it's my handicap there are people in this room today that can speak so eloquently. There are people in this day today, listen, your pastor can preach circles around anything that I could ever attempt to do. So why am I here? Because God can look past my handicap and up here we're all on equal ground. There's an elder in here, you've been in church for 70 years. And God has anointed you and blessed you. Let me tell you, God is with you. But can I tell you, there may be somebody you walked in the door for the first time today. In this place, we're all on equal ground. Because God is what makes us worthy. Not our talents. Not our abilities. stand amazed and watch this praise team sing beautifully I don't even are you the worship director sister where she is you know there she is beautiful sister Ashley I'm talking to you it's beautiful what you do up here she started running out the door when you just started singing oh my word she have a beautiful voice. I know you think she's got the most beautiful voice in the world. Can I tell you? It's not just the talent and the ability to sing is what anoints. It's a willing vessel that says, God, if you'll just use me. God, if you'll just let me be a part. Some of the greatest and powerful people of God are the most humblest because when you can humbly come before God and realize I'm not here because of who I am I'm here because God made this altar handicap compatible seen the church yesterday there in Hopkinsville Friday night they're having service today and I know that this church sacrificed for that church understand that that's why the anointing of God dwells here and that's why the anointing of God dwells there brother Barnett has one of the most beautiful sweetest meekest spirits of any man that I any man of God that I have met and I'm going to tell you the growth that's going on there is because he understands it's not about me it's about a God. It's about a hill far away. It's about an old rugged cross. And it's about an altar that we cannot construct ourselves, but we must allow it to be accessible by everyone.
elder. My friend, my daddy's friend. Hugged his neck. He said, how you doing? He said, well, I'm a little slow getting around. Can't, can't kind of get up as quick as I used to could. I tell you, this elder is just about as powerful a man as anybody else that walked through the door. Because the mercies and the goodness of God has given him the ability to walk in on equal ground with everybody else. I watched this young man. I, I don't know this guy from Adam. Never met him. But I watched him dance up there a little while ago. And I thought, oh man, how wonderful it is. I don't know your life, but I know this. God has made this place accessible. And whatever your dreams in the kingdom of God can be, God can take you there. Regardless of the problems and the, the frustrations and the mistakes that you might have made, God can elevate every one of us to where he wants us to be. Sis, every, yeah, I'm talking to you. What's your name? Stacy. Every time I come here, this lady leads in worship, doesn't she? I mean, she's out and she makes her way around the house of God. I don't know your story. I don't know what you've overcome. I would perceive you've overcome a lot. And you didn't have to come in here with, with all the pedigree of of whatever somebody else does. When you come to God, He makes it accessible to all. And regardless of what you've been through in life, God says, I'm going to make a leader out of this woman. And when she comes, there's a move of God that takes place because I've seen her get hold of hands of others. And what she's saying is, listen, maybe you're struggling, but let me help you get down to the altar. Oh, maybe you're going through some trial, but let me just help you get to where you need to be. Don't build it with a chisel and stone. Don't construct the altar. You use the tools that I give you. You use the objects that I give you. I'm getting ready to close. Brother Cook told me I'm just as long-winded as him if you add all the time everybody's standing while I'm preaching. Jacob went to sleep. You know the story. He, he had dreams and there was angels ascending and descending. And he constructed an altar. Let me tell you what didn't happen. He didn't wake up and find 12 smooth stones laying right beside him and thought, hmm, I'm just going to build an altar with these 12 stones. I think he walked the property. Probably didn't have a shovel with him, so maybe he just found an old stick and sharpened it a little bit. And when he found a stone, he would dig it out. And then he would clean it up and then he would take it to the middle of that, 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 that area and he would put it there. Can I tell you, some of us are waiting on somebody to put together an easily built altar. But some of you, you're going to have to build your altar. You've got to dig for it. We've got to build altars for our families and for our children. And hear me, you must dig for it. I was so proud of my daughter. She's 
14. Saying, didn't she do a good job? When she sings, the anointing of the Lord flows. I've got two of the daughters when they sing, and when they sing together, it is the most beautiful sound. You know, if you ask me, it's the most beautiful sound you've ever heard. My dad constructed an altar when I was just a child. And that altar is why I'm here today. And I've kept that altar alive. I don't let things grow on the altar that shouldn't be there. I don't let things clutter the altar. I got to keep it all cleaned up. We got we to gotta make straight the roads and the ways. And so if you're a parent, you hear me today. God, I'm preaching to somebody. Clean up your altar. Don't let some things that you stumbled over let the very, be the very same things that your children stumble over. Because they're going to come back home. Jenny, they're going to come back home. They're going to come back home. And when they do, the altar has got to be accessible. There's some of you right now, your children aren't here. Some of you, your husbands aren't here. Your wives are not here. They're going to come. And when they do, they need to be met with love like they've never felt. And they need to find an altar that's accessible. When the prodigal left, he took his inheritance. He took everything with him. He left. And he spent everything. And he finds himself eating the husk with a swine. And when he makes his way back, the father didn't say, I need to find a seamstress somewhere. I've got to make another robe. You know what happened? The day that he walked out the door, the father turned to the seamstress and said, make another robe, forge another ring. Oh, God, I'm in the Holy Ghost today. Some of you in your minds and in your spirit right now, you need to be making some robes for your children. You need to be forging some rings for your children. And when they come back, you need to make them know that this place is accessible. That, that this place they can make their way to the altar. That they can be loved. That they can be accepted. Let's keep the church handicapped compatible. Can we gather in the altar for a little while today? Can we gather in the altar and just lift our hands to the Lord? Let's, let's make sure that if we're constructing an altar ourselves, let's make sure that it's made according to the plans of God. you lift your voices to him right now if you're here today and you're filled with the Holy Ghost it's because God 
showed mercy upon you. We need to thank God for that mercy. And we need to keep this church handicapped compatible for the wounded, for the hurt. Oh, hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and love him right now in this house. 